We're less than a couple days now from the spring game. We're going to talk more about that, the makeup of the game, the roster composition, how we're feeling about both sides of this team heading into Saturday on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and joining me is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday on 94.7 The Ref in Norman from 9 to noon. Josh, how's it going? Spring game is tomorrow if you're listening on Friday. It's here. It's here. We've uh, been waiting for this moment for the spring game. Uh, you know, so much excitement, obviously, about just the start of the Brent Venables era. And if you're a regular listener to this year Locked On Sooners podcast, you know that I've sort of dubbed this the official start of the Brent Venables era. So the era is, well, it's, it's here. It's underway, essentially, basically. Yeah, for, for all intents and purposes. And I think that's a, a great way to, to phrase it because this is really the fans' first opportunity to see what a Brent Venables team might look like. Now we're still kind of in its, maybe not in its infancy, but maybe it's uh, the toddler years of putting together a Brent Venables uh, characteristically styled team. And so it's, it's really exciting. And I think in a lot of ways, now we didn't necessarily plan on talking about this, but in a lot of ways, it is a bit of a turning the page for Oklahoma. Um, You know, the last four months, even though we've, tried to focus on the future. We've tried moving forward. We've tried to forget what happened on that fateful November uh, Sunday after Bedlam. Um, there just continues to be major media members on the West Coast uh, that want to want to continue to prod Oklahoma and a certain coach deciding to write uh, a letter um, explaining his actions and uh, his feelings about the whole transition. Um, but this is like, okay, we get to see Brent Venable's team on the football field. And I think you're right. Like this kind of sets a new era, sets a new stage for what Oklahoma football is going to be in. And it's exciting. And I think, I think the fans that are going to be there at the spring game are going to be fired up and ready to see this team on the field. Um, it's going to, I'm going to be there. I'm excited about, about going. My, my wife and my kids were all going together. And honestly, this is, and this is going to, you know, a bit of a confession time. This will be my first time for an Oklahoma game in uh, Norman. So um, maybe that shouldn't confess that here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But, hey, I like watching games on my TV at home. It's nice. But uh, I'm excited about, it, you know, experiencing the atmosphere. And I think just the energy there is going to be electric just to see Brent Venables on the field, see what this team kind of looks like, you know, after spring practice. Uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm sure you're excited, too. <laughs> I'm excited to see what the crowd is going to look like at the spring game. Obviously, this is a special trip that you're making with, with your family to see this grand unveiling of the Brent Venables era. And, you know, there's the Baker Mayfield element to this spring game, of course, too, where Baker is set to be honored uh, right midway uh, of this spring game. We'll see the Heisman statue unveiling. So that, I'm sure, is – drawing in some extra 
spring game traffic. I think a lot of the buzz is certainly, you know, for Venables and the future of Oklahoma football. But some of it, you have to say, is a little bit of a nod to the past as well, right? Well, for sure, because the we're seeing so many former players coming in for this game. And not, and not just guys that were – you consider Oklahoma legends like a Dusty Dvorak or a Baker Mayfield, but you get a guy like Grant Calcaterra who transferred to uh, SMU, played out his career there, is heading to the NFL, and he's coming back to Norman for this. So, I mean, yes, he's got, he's got the connection to Baker, but it's still, it's still huge. Like, he put it out there on his Twitter – him in an OU uniform coming back to Norman. I, I just think that that's unique and that's something that's special. And it is a tip of the cap to, to the past as well. And, um, and I think that's a great thing because Oklahoma's got a rich history and it's something to be embraced and it's something to, to utilize to your benefit, especially as this is going to be a huge recruiting, um, a huge recruiting moment as well. And so I'm excited to, to see how many of these guys are, are coming through. You, you've seen guys like Kenny Stills, like I said, Dusty Dvorak. Countless former players are planning to be in, in Norman on Saturday. And Brent Venables, he's rolling out the red carpet for everybody, the fans, former players, recruits, his own team. It's an exciting time, and, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's wise of Brent Venables, too, to – make it a point early in his tenure to really welcome some of the old legendary faces back in this program. And, you know, so many of those guys, again, want to come be a part of celebrating Baker Mayfield and what he meant to the University of Oklahoma. But in general, when you've got you, – you start thinking back, you know, a decade plus now to when Kenny Stills and that Cali trio arrived in Norman. I mean, I think it's important – to foster those relationships and let a Kenny Stills, let a Tony Jefferson, who, oh, by the way, was uh, tweeting out this week about the, the spring game as well, to let them know that, you know, you're, you're still a part of this thing. You know, uh, obviously you have that rich history, and that's going to help you continue to attract top flight talent to Norman, to publicize and make it well known what's your history, what all it entails, and, and who some of these famous Sooners are. But I think for those guys it's important too for them to want to continue to be a part of the thing to help you sell it. You, you have to have them feel like they're welcome. And clearly that's been an MO for Brent Vittables and the staff. Sooner born, sooner bred, right? That's, that's what the song says. And, and Brent Vittables is trying to help these guys live that out, like being a part of what's happening on campus in Norman. And, and I think it's good for the, the current players as well to, to have a connection. And I, and that's part of the sole mission is, you know, being connected to the guys that have gone on and had successful, not just NFL careers, but successful business careers, you know, whatever walk of life they l went into, uh, whether it's education or coaching or whatever it is, having connections with guys from the past and seeing what the possibilities are for them in the future. Because it's like Brent Meadows talks about all the time. If you hang your hat just on playing football, you know, after you're done at Oklahoma, then what? You know, and, and I love that attitude because and as much as I love sports, it's important to have that mindset that, you know, sports aren't forever. They, they don't last. It, time is undefeated. You will one day have to hang it up. And so then what comes next after that? So it's, you know, I don't know. It's all good feels. It's all good things. You know, we're, I think we're going to see a lot of really interesting things. And I'm really looking forward to the way this game is going to be played. You know, in years past, we've seen 
offense versus defense. And, you know, if the defense gets a stop, they get points. If the offense scores, they get points. But this year it's going to be straight down the middle. We've divided the two teams um, or the team into two teams and tried to balance the rosters based on what I've seen. It looks like they've tried to balance the rosters as best that they, as best as they can to create competition. And it's going to be kind of cool to see like these guys get out there and compete against one another and really go for bragging rights and, you know, you're going to get Dylan Gabriel playing both sides a little bit, but you know, Nick Evers, he's on one team. And then you got a guy like Micah Bowens is on another team. And um, Ben, uh, Ben Harris is on a different team. And then, you know, your running backs, Eric Gray and Marcus major on one side, and you got Javante Barnes on the other side. What, you know, that's going to be kind of intriguing as well. So I, I really like this format because it does create more competition than just how does the offense perform against the defense, you know, through the first, second, third teams. It's like, no, we're a team. I'm the, we're the red team and we're the white team and we're getting after it and we're going to go win for our team. And I, I, I love this attitude. I remember back when I was playing sports myself, like when you had a scrimmage, an inter-squad scrimmage, you divided up into teams and you took pride in beating the other team. So it's, it's going to be fun. What do you think about the format? Are you excited about this format? I like it better than offense versus defense for a lot of the reasons that you just touched on right there. I like the competitive aspect of it and really just you know the staking the defense out to what was it a 20 something point lead and then can they hang on the scoring format of it if it's just traditional traditional scoring to me that makes a little bit more sense and just red versus white you know team a versus team b i love that crimson versus cream however you want to pick it or phrase it i I like that format better I think it's interesting that Dylan Gabriel I guess is going to play quarterback for both teams that's a little bit of a unique wrinkle in a red white type format typically you you know have Dylan Gabriel maybe on one team and then you know Nick Evers and Bowens taking turns on the other team the the fact that he's on both the red and the white team and we'll see you know we have to see how all of this shakes out how many snaps or reps Dylan Gabriel's going to get, but kind of the early indication before we see this thing unfold on Saturday is it feels like the coaching staff really wants to get a serious look at Dylan Gabriel in this spring game. I think that's fair that, you know, they're wanting to get an extended run, but I think what it also does is it provides, you know, your starting level wide receivers with competent quarterback play that can get, quality snaps and this isn't to say that nick evers isn't going to be able to provide quality snaps but this is the first kind of simulated game that they're going to be playing and let's say nick evers is out there with now i can't remember who exactly his wide receiver you know counterparts are going to be but you know if if those guys aren't getting quality you know targets then it, it doesn't benefit them you know, it's like it's it's like in the preseason in the NFL. Yes, you don't you don't necessarily want to play your starter, but your starting quarterback. But if you don't play your starting quarterback, you might as well not even play your you know some of your wide receivers either because they might not get quality looks from. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, a guy like Cooper Rush, who is a backup undrafted free agent guy. So I, I kind of like the idea of playing Dylan Gabriel on both sides. Also, he's going to be working with starting offensive linemen from both sides. You know, Chris Murray is on one side and, you know, Andrew Rain, Robert Conjol, Anton Harrison on another. And so I, I like this idea where he's going to get to work with a variety of players and kind of be the leader out there 
even for both teams. He's all-time quarterback, and who didn't love all, playing all-time quarterback when you were a kid? That was, that was super fun. So I, I think it's a, a neat idea. It's, it's unique, but I think what it does is it makes sure that everybody's going to get really quality reps with the guy that's going to be leading them in 2022 as opposed to like, hey, one side gets your starter and then the other side kind of has to hope that this guy's up to the task of giving them quality reps in the game. Not to say that Gabriel would provide an unfair advantage. Nick Evers could be great. He could be a quality quarterback already. Who knows? But I think it's it's kind of good to provide that balance that Jaleel Farouk is going to get the same quality targets that a Marvin Mims is going to get. You know what I mean? So I kind of like it. I think it's I think it's different, but I think it's good for the team, and it's going to be good for the reps that they get on the field um, that day. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about the roster makeup um, coming up next. Uh, first, I want to talk to you about Athletic Greens. If you're trying to get better gut health, there is no better time than to go to athleticgreens.com. This is a great time to look into providing yourself with great nutrients, great vitamins, and stuff that's not genetically modified. It's healthy. It's all natural. And one scoop a day can help you reclaim your gut health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. You can get it all in Athletic Greens. And Athletic Greens is going to make it easy for you by giving you a one-year free supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com college to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And speaking of nutrition, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're looking for a high-quality treat, a delicious treat, great tasting, great for you, go to Built.com. Make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Built Bar, it tastes great. I've been eating them for years now. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, so many great flavors, and they're always coming out with new flavors as well. So make sure you go check that out at built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at built.com. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Josh. So we're going to look real quickly at just some roster breakdowns. Uh, first, let's look at the white team with head coach Miguel Chavis. So uh, what stands out about this one is a little bit the, you know, getting Marcus Major and Eric Gray um, kind of on this same team. If you're looking at maybe dividing your rosters equally, I would have kind of pictured them being on opposite teams. Does this, is this something that kind of indicates that they feel pretty good about Javante Barnes, that they can throw him on the other team is potentially the RB one for the red team. It looks that way. Doesn't it? That they've got both Eric gray and Marcus major together on that white team. I mean, you're obviously trying to keep things relatively even between the two teams. I mean, you're not trying to give the white team or the red team an unfair advantage over the other. So it tells me that, yeah, they think Javante Barnes is a pretty good one here early, early. Yeah. And it it does stand out that, you know, on this also on this white team, you know, if you look at kind of the wide receiver breakdown, I'm thinking Jalil Farouk is kind of the the lead guy over there. You're also getting um, your Jaden Gibsons. um, And I can't remember if Theo Weiss was on this roster or not. I don't think he is. I think he's actually on the red team. So like you're getting 
a guy like Jaleel Farouk, Drake Stoops, you know, Braden Willis is on the white team, so that gives you some veteran pass catching ability. But it looks like Jaleel Farouk's going to get an opportunity to kind of be the lead guy with that white team. That's that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, it's a good good sign for him. I think that we we sort of feel going into this thing, and not just talking about the spring game, but Oklahoma in 2022 in general, that, okay, we feel great about Marvin Mims, and we think we know that Theo Weiss, if he's healthy, can get back to a 2020 level and hopefully even exceed that. But then beyond that, what do you have? Okay, well, you've got somebody in Jaleel Farouk who had a really, really nice Valero Alamo Bowl. It looks to me, with them splitting the wide receivers like this and pairing Farouk with a young one in Jaden Gibson and then another sort of veteran hand in Drake Stoops tells me that, yeah, they're viewing Jaleel Farouk sort of the same way that Javante Barnes is getting viewed at running back for the the red team. And then also uh, just another takeaway from this is your, your safeties. Um, You look at Jordan Mukes, Justin Broyles, and then the true freshman Robert Spears Jennings, who had a great uh, camp in the spring uh, before coming to Oklahoma, uh, just really stood out in that in that group. Um, and then obviously you've got guys like Billy Bowman, who is also slotted to play safety. He's listed as a defensive back here. Uh, Trey Morrison as well, who could take some snaps at safety. Uh, and th- I mean this this group is kind of loaded with defensive like with the top level defensive backs, aside from a guy like Key Lawrence or uh, Justin Harrington, you know, they've got Woody Washington, DJ Graham at corner as well. Uh, so really interesting. And maybe they're, they're trying to put their top quarterbacks over there because on the other side of things, you've got Marvin Mims and Theo Weiss. Uh, we talked about Javante Barnes being over there as well, uh, but Cody Jackson at wide receiver. And then also the young guy, Nick Anderson as well. So um, the other thing that kind of stands out on this one or between the two teams really is Jalen Redmond's on the red team. Jeffrey Johnson is on the white team. And I think it's safe to say that those two are probably your starting defensive tackles um, going into the 2022 season. Yeah. Jalen Redmond definitely is a starting defensive tackle for Oklahoma. And Jeffrey Johnson has a lot of starting experience. And we saw the production firsthand last year, right here in Norman when he came to town with Tulane. So, yeah, you, you almost look at the red and white rosters and you kind of just look at how the players are split up and you start thinking about, okay, well, what does that tell us about first and, you know, one and two on the depth chart, first and second string. You, you were talking about those defensive backs on the white team, and another name I would mention is, is Trey Morrison over there who transferred over, obviously, from North Carolina and he, you know, has a nice track record uh, in terms of what he's done at a power five level. So that's just another name in the defensive backfield that you have over there. That collection of red team wide receivers, man, that's pretty, pretty nice, pretty, uh, pretty talented group over there for the red team. Brian Darby, we've seen him, you know, not have the type of breakout singular performance that I think we saw Jaleel Farouk have in the Alamo Bowl. But toward the end of last season, we even saw Brian Darby sort of get into the mix for Oklahoma, and he's on the red team as well. So that's it, it really does kind of just looking at these rosters look like it's matching up sort of your veteran wide receivers for the red team versus some veteran defensive backs over on the white team. 
And another thing that just really stands out too is the way that they broke up the linebackers because on the red team, you got you got your young guns at linebacker. You got your Jaron Kanak, Kobe McKenzie, Danny Stutzman, the three guys that figure to be kind of the future of the linebacker crew. Uh, but on the white team is where you got your veterans, your David Aguebu, your Deshaun Whites. Um, and to me, that that kind of stands out. You know, the the way that they broke those down, they're like, all right, we're going to throw these guys, these young guys, into the fire and see how well they're going to be able to handle it. Um, and then at defensive end as well, you got Clayton Smith on the white team, along with Reggie Grimes as well. And on the red team is where you got Ethan Downs and Marcus Stripling. Um, so to me, that that also kind of shows you, like, okay, maybe they're dividing up. And who knows exactly how they've got the depth chart laid out. We don't really know, but it, it is fascinating that they've divided all these guys up like this, because I would kind of tend to lean that maybe Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs might be your leaders in the clubhouse to start. Uh, but Marcus Stripling is going to be right there as well. So is Jonah Laula. Um, a lot of interesting names and it's, it's going to be really fun to see who stands out in this game because there's, they're going to need a good heavy rotation of, playmakers on both sides of the football to replace all the guys that went to the NFL draft. No doubt. And the spring game is again, the beginning of all of that, who are going to step into some of these starting roles that have been vacated both along the offensive line for Oklahoma. And, you know, some of that in the skill position offensively, just uh, guys in Jaden Hazelwood and Mario Williams that transferred out and then defensively, yeah, the, the draft affections there as well when you think about Nick Benito, Perion Winfrey, and Isaiah Thomas. You, you need a Jonah Laula to resemble what Jonah Laula was at Hawaii. You need a Marcus Stripling to resemble what a Marcus Stripling was in his bowl performance. I mean, there's a couple of guys both offensively and defensively in Farouk and Stripling that, okay, we, we got a nice little appetizer to what these guys' potential – sooner futures look like but now you're really going to be counted upon not just for you know one standalone game versus Oregon they're looking for you to be this guy every single week and uh, the spring game we're going to see we're going to see if Marcus Stripling and Farouk can duplicate those performances and I think they're going to be able to I think this is going to be a team that is is or these guys, the especially the the defensive ends who have been competing for snaps. I think that competition is going to raise the bar for all of them. And Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, Marcus Stripling, Jonah Laula, uh, and even Clayton Smith. He's listed as a defensive end on the on the roster as well. I think it's just going to help each of those guys raise their game uh, to another level. And uh, Reggie Grimes, I don't remember if I mentioned him or not, but I think it's just going to help everybody raise the bar so that when you do rotate one guy in, one guy out. It's going to provide a better snap um, when you're, maybe your starter is out of the game. And maybe you get to play some matchups if you have four or five guys that are really, really good. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, any parting words, any else, anything else that you're looking forward to watching in the spring game that we haven't really covered yet? Oh, man. Uh, you know, all of it, obviously. I just, just want to see everything unfold. Dylan Gabriel specifically – at the quarterback position, just uh, again, I mean, I, I feel like I've mentioned that a, a lot over the last couple of weeks that really will be watching with a keen eye. And, you know, at the same time, not getting super carried away either with with things from the spring game. 
it's a tough balance because you want to feel like we're learning some really important things from the spring game. But at the end of the day, it's a spring game. And the number one goal of the spring game is to put on a good show, have one final glorified practice, uh, let the fans come out and be a part of it, make it a nice recruiting weekend, and then get the heck out of there and on to the real off season with everybody healthy and in tow. So I'm looking forward to all of it, man. The defensive backfield, how those guys perform will be something that I'm really, really paying attention to. We've mentioned it a number of times, Theo Weiss's health. It would be such a good sign just to see him, you know, have to, have to, as a defender's trying to break him down, make a couple of cuts and get loose and look explosive and athletic doing it. So I don't know. Uh, that's a number of different things that I just tossed your way. Not, not really one thing in particular. I'm all over the place. I'm just excited to watch this spring game. Yeah, football's back. Like, I know, you, I know the USFL kicked off, but, like, football's back with the spring game. Now it's only back for a day, um, and then we got to wait four more months. But it's pretty much back, so that's, that's good. That's fun. But I think you're right. Like, the thing to take away is the positives. Don't worry so much about the negatives. The negatives can be worked on. They're going to have things that aren't going to be clean. Execution might not be crisp. They're going to have some mental mistakes at times because, I mean, they haven't played a real football game in four months. Uh, they've practiced. They've had some scrimmages. They've, they've done you know teamwork. But it's different when you get out there in front of fans and you get out there and you're having to run this thing like a game. It's just a different ball game. Uh, so when you're watching this game, don't sweat things if they're not clean yet. They've got time to work on those things. But if there's something that is positive that does happen, take that away. Like, hey, hold on to that because that could be good. Like, you know, if Dylan Gabriel's showing good accuracy, like that's something that's going to translate down the road. If the Oise does look healthy and he's making good cuts, that's something to look forward to for the spring. If your defensive ends are getting pressured, that's not necessarily a knock on the offensive line. That's just you've got – that means you've got good defensive ends. Uh, you know, if you're able to get some good – you know, uh, run stuffs. That's a good thing for your defensive tackles. You know, just take away the positive things. Don't sweat so much the negatives because again, also when you're practicing against the same guys every week for, or every day for a month, you turn, you start to learn tendencies and you can take advantage of those things. So, you know, there, there's some things that you can take away from it, but not everything is going to be like, you know, set in stone at this point in 2022. We've got a long way to go to get to the regular season, but we're going to have a great time on Saturday. If you're not, able to get out to Norman. You're going to be able to watch it on Soonersports.com, so make sure you check it out over there. Josh and I will be back to talk about our takeaways from the game uh, sometime this weekend, so make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Uh, for Josh, I'm John. Happy spring game. Boomer Sooner. Talk to you next time.